The reading taken from Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 to 8. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. But knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe. They praised God, who had given such authority to man. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, thank you so much. Um, good evening, everyone. I'm Lewis. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I've been thinking about that since he said it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can't wait till staff meeting tomorrow. It's going to be great. <laughs> going to be great. Um, I am actually Louise. Um, it's lovely to be here tonight. Um, thank you for that reading, Karen. So we're looking at this line of the creed, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. And we see in that passage, Jesus forgiving sins. Now, when I started thinking about what to say this evening, I did think saying I believe in forgiveness, I believe in the forgiveness of sins, believing in forgiveness seems a bit strange. Like, is that something you can believe in? What does that mean for me to believe in forgiveness? Do I have a choice about that? Now, as we start thinking about this theme of forgiveness tonight, it's probably already bringing up a lot of stuff for everyone. It's probably bringing up situations that you have had to forgive people in, people you've had to forgive, um, or situations going on now that seem impossible to forgive. Um, so let's keep those things in mind. Let's Let's recognize how important um, what we've gone through and what we're going through is. Uh, we'll come back to that, kind of how we relate to others, how we should forgive others. We're going to come back to that because we want to focus on Jesus first. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Let's focus on the person of Jesus. And he is where we receive forgiveness in the most perfect form. Now, in Jesus, God reveals himself. He reveals himself and his character as one of us. And then through Jesus' death, that's where our forgiveness lies. Now, I wonder if there's maybe two kinds of people here tonight, or maybe you're actually, you're, maybe you're somewhere in the middle, but I feel like we're leaning towards either side. Maybe you're thinking, right, forgiveness. I've messed up so much. I've messed up. How could I ever be forgiven? I'm not good enough for this. I'm not good enough for God. I'm not good enough to be sat in a church right now. But you might be leaning towards the other side, thinking, I'm all right. I'm doing okay. I've, you know, I mess up a little bit, but it's nothing, nothing big like that person over there. Why would I need forgiveness? But of course, the Bible tells us all of us have fallen short 
of the glory of God. It's not like there's a comparison in this room of, you know, more good people and less good people. None of us are perfect. We've all fallen short. None of us live up to the goodness of God. Now, I was going to do this demonstration, but I thought it might get a bit messy, so I'm just going to explain it. Um, Once I was helping lead a Christian camp for girls in Devon, um, and the speaker, she got this little glass and just put it in the front of the tent. We were in a field. Put it in the front of the tent, and she's like, given all of the girls a piece of paper, she says, screw it up, and now throw it from where you are. Don't stand up. Throw it from where you are and try and get it into the glass. And so the girls, they all like screw up their paper and they start throwing this paper, trying to get it into this tiny, tiny glass in the front of the room. So the girls at the front, they get a little bit close, but they don't get it in. The ones at the back of the tent, well, they've got no chance. It's like miles away, you know. But all of these pieces of paper, they're in different places, but none of them were in the cup. And I just think, I always remember that, to understand why we all need God why we all need forgiveness. Even if some of us may seem closer than others, none of us have it spot on. None of us have it in that cup. So our creed tells us, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. So sin, that's why we're not spot on. That's why we're not in the cup. Those things that we do, those things that we say, or even think that don't reflect the character of Jesus. Sin, those times when you don't love other people, You hurt people with what you say or what you do when you withhold your love from others. And sin comes with guilt and it comes with shame and it separates us from God and it doesn't bring his light and his plan into the world. It holds us down. Sin holds us down and it holds us back from being who God created us to be. And I think, practically, we can see how those things affect us, how sin affects us, how it changes us, and how it changes our relationship with Jesus. We prioritize things over him. We put what people think about us above who he says we are. Or we don't treat people as if they're children of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be close to Jesus. I don't want anything getting in the way of that. And I think what that means is sitting at his feet, bringing those sins to him, and receiving the forgiveness that the cross offers us. And that's what God offers. God offers us his forgiveness. The death of Jesus, the death of his son on the cross, means that we can be forgiven and live in that forgiveness. Through that, through that death on the cross, we have forgiveness. Now, Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians, he says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It's because of the cross. It's not because of anything else. Nothing I do helps me to be forgiven. It's all about the cross. And so when we give our lives to Jesus, when we join this family of believers, our sins, they've been forgiven And that's for like all of time. Anything in our past, anything that we're doing now, anything that will be in our future, we are forever his and we are forever forgiven. And we remain in this relationship with the Father. So we walk as forgiven people when we give our lives to Jesus. But I'm still broken and daily I miss the mark. 
daily I don't get my piece of paper in that cup. So each day we must come back to Jesus, probably more than once a day, let's be real. We come back to Jesus, we sit at his feet again, and we receive that forgiveness anew, knowing that you're already forgiven for everything, but coming back to him again every time. Now this forgiveness that I believe in is promised. It's complete and it's sufficient. You're going to get it. It's promised. If you ask for it, he's promised it. And it's all you need. It's complete and sufficient. Now, I'm not a parent, but let's imagine a scenario. There's actually a couple of kids there tonight, so um, maybe you can relate to this. So your child, they break something in your house. Ever happened? Yeah, cool. I'm sure it has. Um, So there are a couple of options for your child, right? You know, the shame, the fear, the guilt. They can hide that thing they've broken, shove it in a cupboard somewhere, and then distance themselves from you. And then you find it like weeks later, and you're probably not feeling too happy about that. Or they can come to you straight away, holding that thing that they've broken, and they can tell you what happened. Now, obviously, it's better if nothing had been broken, but what does that tell you about the relationship between that parent and that child if they don't hide it away in a cupboard for you to find weeks later? Instead, they bring it to you. The child, it means that the child trusts that parent. And the parent, they're probably really annoyed, but it's, I honestly think, aren't they proud that the child fessed up, that they had the courage to do that, that they trusted the parent enough to not hide, but come to them. But this is what we do. When we mess up, we hide from God. Why do we do that? We let the guilt, we let the shame push us away from him. But we we don't have to do that. We can come to God in the name of Jesus because of his death on the cross. And we can be real. Now, this scenario kind of breaks down when it comes to us and God because we, we actually can't hide stuff very well because God knows all of that already. He already knows the things that we need his forgiveness for. But I do think that choice to come to God, to come to him authentically, is so important, even though he does know what's broken. It's our choice to bring all the dirt, to bring the muck, those things we've done, and we choose to ask for forgiveness. In 1 John, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. I think there's something powerful in that confessing, in the asking. And in our reading, we, said, we saw Jesus said, your faith has forgiven you. Your faith is the thing that has made you clean. When we put our faith in the promise of forgiveness, we need to put our faith in the belief that it's going to happen because it is. God is always faithful. So how are we coming to him authentically being real, knowing that it's a promise of forgiveness? His forgiveness, it's promised, it's complete, it's sufficient, and it gives us freedom It gives us freedom to live as he created us to be. Forgiveness means that sin no longer has a hold on us. 
I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but doesn't it feel like when you're in a cycle of something, whatever it may be, you know, gossiping, talking badly about someone, something else, I don't know, drinking, whatever it might be, you're held down by sin. It has a hold on you. But you can be free from that through Jesus. It doesn't have to have a hold on your life anymore. It doesn't have to be the thing you always choose. It doesn't have to be the thing you always fall into if we hold on to Jesus instead. The ultimate consequence of sin is death, but Jesus dealt with that too. He dealt with that when he rose from the grave and showed his power over it. We don't have to face that consequence anymore because of his forgiveness. We need not fear because our sin has been completely removed when we confess in the name of Jesus. I want to read a bit of Psalm 103, and it talks about, yeah, how far this sin has been removed. It says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And it's probably even further, if I'm honest, right? That's how far he's removed our transgressions from us. Our sin is so, so, so far away. Now, I believe in the forgiveness of sins because I believe that on the cross, God made a way for us to be free and to live in that forgiveness. We receive it because of the love that God has for us, the love that God has for you. That's what held him there. He takes on the rubbish, that he takes on all the rubbish of humanity, all the things, like I said before, that we say, do, or think. He takes it on and he frees us to become the people he designed. So I wonder where we are with this this evening. Do you believe in the forgiveness of sins? Do you believe in the forgiveness of your sins? Are you able to see that you need forgiveness? Are you able to see that God loves you so much that forgiveness is even possible? But hearing about sin, I think, is, is quite difficult. Um, hearing about maybe how we're these people that mess up and will never be good enough, maybe that just hits you somewhere quite deep tonight. But if, if I'm honest, I think not ever being good enough is the best. I think it's the best. I'm relieved. It means that it's not about us. It means that it's all about Jesus. If, I never, if I'm never able to earn the forgiveness, it means I never have to try to earn it. I never have to strive to earn it. I've already got it. His love for us is enough. That's why he hung there. Our part to play is just acknowledging what's gone wrong and asking for forgiveness. It's not about working to be forgiven. You can't try hard enough. It's a gift. If someone gives you a gift on your birthday, you don't try it. Well, actually, some people might, but you don't try and force money back into their hands. That's probably just my grandparents that do that. But they don't try and force money back into your hand if you've given someone a gift. A gift is free. A gift is free. And it's a good job that it's a gift because we could never we could never earn it. So if you've ever doubted it, when we come to God and ask for forgiveness, we get it, it's done. 
Isaiah 1 verse 18 says this, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Clean, white, done, washed. So we're forgiven greatly, hugely, completely, sufficiently. And the Bible calls us to do the same thing to others. This is not easy. This is not easy. People hurt us. They speak hurtful things over us. They make our lives difficult. But this is a process for each of us to work through with God and probably someone else who loves you and cares for you. Someone else who knows Jesus and his heart for you in your life. It's a process. Forgiveness doesn't happen quickly. It's a process. But we can't deny that we are called to forgive as the Lord forgave us. I'm called to forgive as God forgave me. In the Bible, there's this encounter with Peter and Jesus. And Peter goes, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister? Seven times? I think he's thinking like, that's quite a lot. It's not going to be more than that. And that does feel quite a lot, seven times. In this culture where we give people one chance, and if you screw up, you're out. But Jesus says, no, not seven times, 77 times. And I bet you he probably means 78, 79. It's not like that. It's not like this culture with one shot or you're out. As you probably know, holding on to resentment is painful. Holding on to unforgiveness is painful. Imagine gripping a rope so tightly that it's your hand that hurts. It's your hand that's gripping on, hurting, holding on to that unforgiveness. So we receive freedom when we are forgiven by God. But I truly believe we receive freedom when we give forgiveness. And I'm not, yeah, like I said, I'm not saying this is easy. I wonder if forgiveness has this connotation of weakness um, or of being a doormat, we might say. Letting people walk all over you. You're too timid to say what you need to. But really, I think it's the complete opposite. It's not weakness. Um, Simon, I'm going to quote you. You said something great about a couple of years ago. Well, you say lots of things. That wasn't the last time you said something good. (laughs) Two years ago. I remember it because it was one great thing. Um, Anyway, a while ago, Simon is actually preaching about forgiveness, and I've always remembered this. And he said, um, part of forgiveness is not about this weakness or this walking all over you type thing. Actually, part of forgiveness is helping people to see exactly how much they've hurt you. Acknowledging the pain and the hurt, that's part of the process of this. It's not just letting them get away, you know, scot-free. It's helping them to see what has happened, helping them to see what they've done. Because if they don't know, then it's not, I don't know if that's real forgiveness. And they definitely can't say sorry. And maybe we need to forgive people that aren't even saying sorry. I think that's the big thing. But it really is a process. And in a similar way to when we come to Jesus, we acknowledge what's happened in our hearts. That's the important part. When we're in the process of forgiving someone else, if they're up for a conversation, let's be real with them. Let's help them to see how much they've hurt us. Because we don't want it to just be, we don't want to be walked over. We don't want to be doormats. But we do want to forgive And I want to see the freedom that comes from us forgiving others. 
So in the Lord's Prayer, we do pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So there's a call to forgiveness, to extend a hand, to offer something different to the world, to not seek revenge. And then in Matthew 6, verses 14 to 15, um, this is the tough part. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, this is tough, and we could spend all day here, I think, if we wanted to. And I could have quite easily not put this verse in. But it's important. It speaks of how important that forgiveness is. God sees it. He sees what you're doing. He sees how you're letting go. He sees how you're loving people as Jesus did. So this forgiveness that we receive from God, it's a gift. It's offered freely. He's just waiting for us to take hold of it and to live in the freedom that forgiveness brings. Being the one to forgive, that's hard. Being the one to try and let go of that rope. But I think the freedom that it brings is worth it. And the way Jesus models it is stunning. And the way that we can model Jesus by doing it is stunning and surprising. It's not what people expect. You know, we're in this cancel culture. One chance, you're out. I'm cutting you out. What if we show something different? What if we be Jesus there? And of course, there are situations where, um, you know, safety is a priority, and that's necessary to say, you know what, I'm out. But where are we modeling Jesus and his character, modeling this fierce love that he showed on the cross to restore his relationship with us? How can I give a little bit of that to the people that have hurt me? Now, this morning, I actually went to see Michael's dad get baptized, which was awesome. Um, and just seeing, there was actually 21 of them, I know. Um, there was 21 of them. And seeing them all come out of the water, living as people of God, who know they're forgiven, who know who they are in Jesus, and knowing how free they are. That was beautiful. That was on all of their faces. Freedom, forgiveness, knowing who they are in Jesus. And I believe that we can receive that same forgiveness and that same freedom tonight. Like I said at the beginning, saying we believe in forgiveness, maybe that's strange, but when we do, I think it's transformational in our hearts and in our relationships, our relationship with Jesus and the people around us. So I think we can believe in forgiveness believing in the power and the kindness of God to forgive and believing in the freedom that comes from forgiveness. So let's walk in that freedom and live as forgiven people. Amen.